Thank you so much, honey, for, for the word. Such a blessing. Amen. Uh, it's like there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, words locked up. It's like we need to hear more often, eh? Yes, so each time, it's, <laughs> it's like maybe there's, there's not enough time. And then, you know, there's all the words coming, trying to put everything together. But one of the things that is clear is that the Lord wants us to take our spiritual journey seriously. Um, and uh, I can understand why the Lord would uh, you know, be pointing us in that direction because um, when you talk about Christianity, it's not just uh, activities. It's not just about activities, right? And we do ourselves a lot of disservice not knowing what the the will and the intention of the Lord is concerning what the church is or concerning what um, Christianity is all about, right? Uh, I mean, most of us, you know, without any fault, we grow up into a culture, right, of, you know, going, going to church. Uh, I guess these days many people are not like that, right? But now we're even begging people to go to church. Now, it's big, we are begging now that... They will have to beg and beg and beg and beg before people will enter church. I say, okay, I'm begging now. But before, at least, we have the, uh, let me use the word, principle of, and I guess that's what we have the principle of what the Lord wants to do. That's what we have. So, I want to talk about principle. Is uh, Principle doesn't give you too much meat. Right? P principle just gives you the bare minimum. Right? So while the, the Lord was okay with that, right, it was enough at a time to raise believers, right? So for example, if you just know that you have to go to church, but you don't know why, you are still keeping people, right? Many people go to church. I mean, I grew up going to church, and I know that my mother always go to church, and every Sunday we all go to church. Midweek services, she's always going, and she's dragging me. And sometimes I'm happy that I have assignment so that I don't have to follow her. So, and sometimes when I have assignment, she does not care. She just, <laughs> I will find out where, wherever in my wisdom when I'm going to do the assignment. But as long as she's concerned, I'm headed to that midweek service. So we'll go, when we get there, oh, it looks like it's, okay, I think I have to reduce. Can we, is it, can we visit there? I think. If we release it here, it'll be better because that one's already a bit low. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I think it's better. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so as long as she's concerned, I have to, I have to enter that midweek service, man. And somehow, somehow, right, I had the principle instilled in me. So when I grew up, I was working with the principle, I have to go to church. I may not know too much, 
right? But I know I have to go to church. I know I have to serve. I know I have to to do different, different, different things, but maybe not with much, much understanding, right? But what I was doing was keeping me. So principle is not bad, right? Because what principle does is it keeps you going. So I didn't know. I just know I have to enter church. I may not know too much, but but that activity was an act. Was a principal activity. It just it, it was, I was working based on a principle, right? So when the Lord is. Uh, giving principle is like he's, he's setting up things more like this skeleton that they can add meat on top right so milk in a way is is bone is it bone yeah it's bone milk in a way is, is the bone of the meat right I have something I want to. Okay, what I'm, what I'm talking about now is <laughs> it's taking me in a different direction. But let me quickly finish what I want to say. <laughs> like, mm, okay, but anyways, what I'm trying to so say, the I don't know. And if you and if you have been following Light of America, and you hear the teacher by Ezekiel. This is not confusing. This is just from another angle. Okay, so because I think that's it's probably. That's why I want to go to in explaining the sense that when you have a man standing, right, you have the bones. Without the bone, the meat that the man has can't stay, can't be firm, because what the what the meat grabs onto, or the meat or meat and sinews, as the scripture will call it, is it grabs onto the bone. So it's if you have a muscle. You see, somehow, somehow, it found its way to the bone. It's it's gripped onto the bone. How many of us have eaten? You know, when you are eating chicken, and just like, ah, you are eating some areas, and when they get to the bottom of the bone, you're like, ah, it's like there's something that is tying all these meat to this bone. Then you now try to tear that one apart. When you get that area, it's always difficult to tear the to tear the meat out of the bone, right? So pretty much, meat stay on the bone. Right, and and as you know, we have milk, then we have meat, and then strong meat of the word. So the milk of the word, meat of the word, strong meat of the word. Those are the words, or those are the words of doctrine that God wants to use to raise believers. Amen. And I'm saying this because um, most of the time, every uh, Christians we are in different landscape of growth, right? And there's always this, I, is, it, is it argument? I don't know if I'll call it argument. There's always this side about, oh, this is what I know. Many people don't want to leave what they know. And the truth about that is, if you check it, it's mostly about advantage. Eh? And nobody wants, to, nobody wants to feel like they don't know anything. Because what, especially what happens is, <laughs> when when meat comes, it looks as if milk is nothing. But it's not. It's something. It's just that there's meat. Right? But because that would always speak to milk, come, there's something better. But anytime that comes, souls that haven't un- that don't understand the concept of growth, 
will not be able to resolve that because, okay, I know milk, but somebody's not coming with, no, 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 no. See, I know what I know. I know what I know. The Lord has kept me. I know what I know. Maybe that's what the Lord has given you, but it's not really about that. God's intention has never changed right from the beginning, right? God's intention has never changed. What has been in the mind of God since the beginning up until now is to give himself to men, right? Give, make men sit on the throne that he's sitting on. God has proposed, when he created Adam, the goal is that I want to find my rest in man, right? And man to find its rest in me. So if you check your Christian work, is summarized to that, right? That's it. All the clubs, sing down that are doing, that's what it's for. Praise the Lord. So when you now look at that, When you now look at that, you now realize that, honestly, this Christian work that we're pursuing, it's not complicated though, although there are many complicated things about us. We are complicated, but God is not. <laughs> we are the one that's complete, right? I just, we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just living so, we're souls, man, we're souls. But, God's, in, God's intent has always been to, to raise souls. Amen. So, and the sense, the sense that I wanted to give is more about, oh, God help me quickly, to make an argument about in giving ourselves to God, like making up our mind, right? In making up our mind to give ourselves to God. The truth of the matter is that there is no there is no other substitute, right? There's no, I mean, there's a substitute, but I mean, there's no other thing that is tangible in the spirit apart from what God has to give. And anything outside what God has to give, check it. It's not, if it's not God, it's definitely what, the, what Satan wants to give, right? And if Satan wants to give it, there's a way he puts things down. Right? It sets spirit. Those spirits are now govern nations, which now spread over people and is by understanding. So everybody is using one understanding or the other. But the, the truth of the matter is that when growth comes, it requires that souls are willing to switch their understanding. Whenever, um, and, 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 and there's an attitude which hearts can have towards understanding. Right? When word is coming, we might want to hold on to our, our own understanding. We want to lean on that. Because it is, we feel, not that it is, we feel it is safer to lean on our own understanding. Anything that wants to yank us out of that, even though it might, it might even have God around it, but as long as, ah, this is not going to profit me. There's a way we position ourselves towards it, whereby we don't easily make corrections. Right? Yes, sir. We don't, we just, okay, all right. 
Okay, make change here. Ah, uh, no. That's just their own idea. Right. Or maybe when they are preaching to you about how you should give yourself to God, you know, you just be summarizing. Yes, I know we have to give ourselves to God, though. I mean, I agree. It's just that, you know, we can't do everything all at once, right? You know, I have to go to work, I have to go to school, I have to put food on the table, you know. I mean, the Lord is helping each and every one of us. I mean, we'll get there one day. The Lord, the Lord is faithful, right? And then we'll go about doing our thing. We have, we have excuses and all that, right? But what I'm really saying is that, I know most of us are already making decisions anyways, but uh, what I'm saying is there is a need to make, to, to be committed to the decision of spiritual growth. Just to be committed to, to growing spiritually. There's a commitment that our heart must have. We must be committed to it. If not, well, God is merciful, right? But if not, what will happen is that our growth will be delayed. Will be delayed. Why am I saying this? When the Lord wants to grow souls, a lot of words will be coming to paint where you are going. Now, the way we are now positioned towards hearing them will determine whether we would take it or not. Or we'll run with it or not. If I ask each and every one of us now, what is God's plan for man? Maybe we'll have, maybe all of us here, we might say the same thing, right? We'll be hearing the same thing. But maybe not, you never know. Maybe some heart secretly might still say, ah, yes, the Lord wants us to grow in Nemo. But when you check their heart, what is inside there? It's not that same thing they are saying, right? Like, ah, the Lord wants us to grow, but check. How do you know is You just check. When, when you think about that thing you are thinking and you think about it, you have to make decisions. What are the kind of feelings that is coming out? Is it that, ah, this thing hard Eh, we'll, we'll deal with it later. What, what are the things that is flowing from here? That's how you know that, okay, have I really committed to this thing? I've been hearing it, I've been saying it, but, um, you know, we just, we just have to make do with what we have, right? Mm. There's, a, there's a way about it. Why am I saying this? If a soul, right, has not this decided to learn everything that is to learn about God, it won't come into what the Lord has destined for it. Right? If the Lord has destined, okay, the Lord has, we know what the Lord has destined for every soul, right? The Lord has destined that you might come into my life. But if you are not willing or to learn the things that God has to say. So, for example, now, let's say we're just talking about, let's say we're just talking about angels and all that. And they're like, ah, yeah, or we're talking about uh, righteousness, right? And maybe. This doctrine is something too high, you know, and then we, we just kind of retract, right? And that retracting is a, is a hard thing. Yeah. No, it's possible that you are hearing doctrine, you may not even fully understand it, but the soul is, I want to learn everything that you're talking about. I don't want to ask, okay, okay. Or let me use the word, you are believing. It's, believing is what you do when you are agreeing with doctrine. When doctrine is being preached, and you are believing it, you are agreeing. You may not, you may not understand it, you may not be, but, but one thing that that believing will do is that believing would find a way to give you understanding. Right? That's what the believing will do. 
Now, what am I, what am I saying? I guess, I guess what I'm just saying is to maybe readjust our heart posture when it comes to receiving word and doctrine. Amen. Amen. The Lord is going to help us. So thank you so much, honey. Thank you, thank you for, for uh, allowing the Lord to use you. Um, okay, I guess maybe from next Saturday, or maybe, is it next? Okay, maybe from next Saturday. I know, why, why am I waiting till next Saturday? I think, I think this is what we do. So, uh, Mr. Ah! Okay, okay. Mr. Falu, give us an example of what we should be doing. So when you give us an example, I, I mean, most of us watch it, so I will be forgiven, and I won't be, nobody will be offended in me. And for single people among us, the Lord will see too. Amen. So I'm just going to give my wife a peck quickly. So I'll just follow him. Does he give us a good standard? Thank you for, for the word. Amen. So that's just a little, a little one, but I'll keep growing in that so that... I will be free. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to, and just as you know, she began to minister, there are just some things I was seeing. But what, I, what I'm saying is that the Lord has a lot of blessing for us. Amen. Amen. Um, when it comes to the things we've been hearing, I wanted to, I, I didn't know if I was going to continue from Tuesday. Or continue from last Tuesday, last last meeting before going for Light Up America. I know we're learning about the ministry, or like of angels and all those. Things. And I think in a way, we they touched a bit on it even through Light Up America. They were explaining certain things. Amen. But I believe the Lord wants us to see some some things when it comes to the word, right? And from the tongue and interpretation that that came. But I found somehow a direction in there. Um, I don't know. It's like there's no fit in me to preach it again, but I'll just follow God like that. Amen. So I'll just align spiritually. Amen. So first of all, I want us to open our Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Okay, then I will come to Matthew. Well, let's read Ephesians. Okay. Let me see. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. It said, Grace be to you and peace from God, um, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, in Christ, right? So they say they're talking about heavenly places in Christ. So, of course, um, I guess what I wanted to bring out of here is the heavenly places in Christ, it means there are heavens in Christ. Right, there are heavens in Christ that the Lord has set. And everything that the Lord is doing has a pattern. Right? I don't, know, I don't remember which day I was talking and I mentioned that when you look at God, there is two things you always see with him. His heaven and his head. 
everything about God has heaven and earth, right? Or, uh, and, and the Lord has put that in, in Christ, right? Which, which, in which Christ has heavenly things and also has earthly things, right? And then when the Lord was creating the heavens and the earth, right, we realize that the Lord also created the heavens and he created the earth, right? And there's a sense to it by which things always move from the earth to the heavens. Meaning that anything that is on earth has a destiny. It is to move to the heavens. Whatever is on the earth must find its heaven. Amen. So there's always movement when it comes to that area. And, and this is, I'm saying, please, let's not be discouraged now. Maybe the faith is returning much more. Amen. So, and the reason is, please, don't, don't, turn, don't, don't shut your heart as you are, as you are listening. Because most of the time, ah, God help me, help me, help me. Too many things in my head. Most of the time, when things, when the things are being taught, you know most of the time when I'm teaching, I say I'm teaching foundation. They say I should be teaching and I'm teaching foundation. And somehow, somehow I'm going to land there today still, right? But one thing I realize is that sometimes the Lord, even though we are, our focus is on foundation, the Lord can move us into something that is not foundational, but is essential for us to understand, right? And in a way, it is still foundation. So perhaps the Lord can be, or let me put it this way, the Lord can be speaking to your future. And we must be willing to receive them. Even though you may not understand, you probably understand later. But I'll try as much as possible to make us to understand these things. But the frame I want us to have, which we all must have, is that anything that the Lord is teaching, we must open our hearts to receive them. And for us, maybe we have known it before, we must, re, we must adjust our heart that we don't, ah, we know it, we know it together. Because one thing about what the Lord does is everything he's saying, it is new. Even though we've heard it before, somehow it is new. One of us have heard of heavenly basic Christ something, but when you start teaching about it, it can still be new. So that's, that's one thing uh, that I learned that helped my journey spiritually. No, because most of the time, maybe they've taught something before and then they are teaching, and like, okay, we know that one. Now, where's the new thing you're about to say? I'm looking for the new thing. Okay, where's, where's, where's the new thing you want to say? Where's the new thing? Okay, okay. And then until the new thing now comes, and I feel like, yes, blessing. But <laughs> all the things they've been saying, God, is it not blessing? It has been blessing all this while. And somehow, I don't know, I think it's the wisdom that the Lord has because He knows how soul is, right? whereby there's a route it will take. It, to you, it seems like it's the same thing, but inside, within your soul, it's not the same thing. It's the same what you're hearing. It, it sounds like it's the same, but when they look at that, the, the, the power in that word and what it's doing within you, the route it is taking within your heart is different, and you may not know it. But it takes meekness to come into fullness of what the Lord wants. If our heart is not meek to, to receive the word freshly like that, most of the time we'll miss what the Lord is doing. 
Because what, what Satan has done to the soul is a, is a twisted work. It's too twisted such that the route to untwist it, you don't know. It's Lord that knows it. So sometimes they might be taking the same thread they've taken before because they would just want to untie it. Maybe the same thread is tied to something and just, they're doing a surgical operation. So they just come, it will sound like the same thing, but it's not. Sometimes, one thing I also realized is that when the Lord is saying things, and it's the same thing over and over, you think it's the same thing, most of the time they are trying their heart. Because sometimes when we are teaching, maybe what I, I, I saw in the spirit, the moment I start, it's not what I'll be talking about. It is in the last maybe 5, 10, 20 minutes that the real thing will not be preached. But let's now imagine, you know, we used to stay for like 2, 3 hours. And then we would go on 1, 2, and, you, and the funny thing is you've, you've endured 1 hour, not 30 minutes, not the last, just check out. It's almost like, it's like, it's like, it's said that I put it there. Such that we don't, we don't endure sound teaching. See that endurance is an endurance spiritually to endure word. It's a spiritual endurance which will show in our work. It's somehow it finds a way of showing. So it's good to endure to the end. To just endure, endure. And not just tune out and then at the last. Because in case you are wondering, it has happened to me. Okay, it has happened. Whereby, okay, we have baby reverend has been teaching and I've been teaching for one hour, two hours. After, I just, uh, I'm tired of. But I'm still hearing. But in my heart, now uh, that the last thing, this, those last words that were said, I heard it, but I didn't hear it. Because my heart was already gone somewhere else. Right? But I'm just, I'm just encouraging us to, 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 to have a posture towards hearing and receiving, that we don't just you know, check out and go away. Amen. Are we blessed already? Yes, so, like I was saying, uh, Jesus, God put into Jesus both heavenly and earthly things. So, because Jesus have earthly things, and you also have heavenly things. Right? Like he was saying in John 3, if I speak to you of earthly things, and you understand not, so how much if I speak to you about heavenly things, right? But what was, the, what was the earthly things that Jesus was talking about? The earthly thing that Jesus was talking about is talking about entrance into the kingdom. So he's saying that being born again is an earthly dimension of him, right? And seeing the kingdom, or say you are born, you can see, right? Seeing the kingdom is an earthly dimension of him, right? But there are also heavenly dimensions of him. Praise the Lord. But uh, I don't think I'm going to talk particularly too much. But what I just want us to see is that in God, right, you have earthly and heavenly things. And the destiny of every soul is to move from earthly to heavenly. Now, originally Adam, although he was on earth, but he was in the heavens of the earth. He was made a little lower than the angels, but he has a destiny. And that destiny is what Jesus came to fulfill. But Satan has made men too earthly. Too earthly. Earthly focused. Anything that brings heavenly thought, we are too weak. We don't, we don't consider them. Too much. 
Is, see, if you find anybody chasing after God, give God glory for that soul. Why? Because men don't, men don't go, not anyone, we're all gone astray, right? No one look after God. No, not one. Abi, is that what Romans told us? Let's read it. Let's read that Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 5. Is it 5? As we are going about our way, no one look after God. No, not one. Amen. Is it one? Who can help us look for it? Mm, okay, let me see if I can find it quickly. Have we found it? Okay, it's three. Okay, Romans three, eleven. Okay, so what does it say? It says. Okay, let me from verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, right? No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. I won't spend too much time here. Because <laughs> I realized that some things once you enter there is hard to come out. It's like where I want to go, I'll just enter one place, I'll just stay there, I'll come out again, I'll try to go, <laughs> I'll lock up again. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Amen. But because this one that I'm seeing now, it's like, okay, after now, okay. Let me try and see if I can rush and quickly get out. Amen. So, and it's the reason there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed this morning? So, as it is, there is none righteous, no, not one. So, this statement uh, is, is an important statement because it's talking about the state of men. So, I'm explaining why men are earthly, right? How Mahalfi's pran. Right? So you see that there is none, none that is righteous. Now, that's the question I have. Do we believe scripture? Okay, good. Because when we don't believe scripture, right, and we talk about something in scripture, religious souls will start coming. What do you mean? I love my God. My God loves me. I'm the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Yahweh, we cannot be in me security. I am the righteousness of God. And God, the canopy, give me security. I am the righteousness of God. Amen. So what we said, when we now make statements like this, no, not one is righteous, then we begin to, what do you mean? Okay, 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 it's in the past. It's because I'm born again, but no, 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 no. They are not talking about past. They're not talking about, they're talking about men, state, state of men. 
And we have to understand why you are and I are born again. We have to understand that. Hey, the thing I wanted to talk uh, is running away. Go away, go away. But okay, let's go. But I feel, I just felt somehow as I was talking about this, I just felt I needed to explain this a little bit, right? Because see this statement. Let me even read from verse 1, right? I'll rush quickly. Say what, chapter, uh, Romans 3, chapter 1. Sorry, Romans chapter 3, verse 1. What advantage then had the Jews, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Right? So it's not saying here that what is the advantage then of being a Jew? But I need to understand how this tied to us. You know, you have Jews, right? You have Gentiles. There's a way before. You know, in the Old Testament, the way things were divided is that there's only just two sets of people on earth, the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, why Jews? The Jews were considered the people of God, right? The same way why Gentiles are considered uh, pagans, people that are not after God. Praise the Lord. Now, this thing I'm saying, I, don't, I want to make us see something. See, every time word is being preached, there is a sense they want to install in our heart. Why it is difficult to understand scripture sometimes that there are some senses missing. Typically, for example, when you're reading Bible and you just think Bible is about everything and everything, that it's about every different thing in life, you just pick one thing that applies to one thing and they apply it. Now realize that that's how we have been growing as Christians and that's why we are not sound as Christians. Because we don't have the single eye that is needed to understand, right? And I like what they say, that no one's righteous, no one understands it. I'm going to get there. But see, your Christian life, it's not about many, many, many things. This one, that one, this one, that, that. It's just The truth is, it's just one thing. You and God. Then out of that flows other things. It's not... I am going through this, 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 this. Let me go and look at what the Lord has said. No. It is supposed to be, this is what the Lord is doing. This is what, that is the reason for my existence. And because of this reason for my existence, I need to go through life from this point. Everything I am going through, see, there's no, there's no too many things about it. Everything about you, from the day you are born to the day you are going to return to the Lord, is about how can you inherit God. You now realize that your journey as a child of God is not about how do I find God's way for who I'll marry? How do I find God's will for which school I'll go? How do I find God's will for how much money I have to make? How do I find God's will in, okay, Lord, I need $10,000 every month. How can I make it? The will of God is not about going to solve a problem on the earth about a bridge, go and build bridges, okay, use an app, solve this problem and that problem. And I'll tell you why. All the problems that men have been solving, have they finished solving it? Okay. But there are men of old that have been living. They lived, they died, there was problem in their world, but please, they, where they are now, do they feel <laughs> as if they've not done anything on it? Now realize that, see all these things that everybody we, we glorify is vanity. 
We glorify professions. We glorify uh, achievements. Such that if you, as a child of God, I'm not, I'm not promoting laziness. If you, as a child of God, you're not pursuing after the same thing, they'll say you are lazy and you are useless. But it's not true. They'll say, no, there's a way, especially when you come to the word of righteousness, they say those people that hear the word of righteousness, there's a way that it makes them, make them as if we are dull, as if we are foolish. We are not. <laughs> it's just that you have a different sense that others are using. There's, a, there's no way you will hear righteousness and it will talk. When righteousness pierces into your soul, it will begin to change the way you think. Now your focus will be narrowed. You have one eye, single. As, a, as men, we have plenty eyes in many other places. Eye for marriage, eye for car, eye for house, eye for this, eye for that, eye for name, eye for achievement, and all those things. But it's just, all we needed is just a single eye. So that the body will be full of light. We don't know what that means. We need to be taught what it means for the body to be full of light. So, when it's, you, know, in, you see, this statement that I'm talking about, I'll quickly go there. Ah, that, that. This statement, say no one is righteous. No, not one. It's not a mistake. Now imagine that souls that is not righteous, they have a way they are thinking. Now. There's a way you th they think. Now you now have somebody that have come into a glimpse of righteousness. Do you think they would think the same? Imagine what righteousness has taught me. Stop chasing after name. It profited you nothing. Or stop chasing after money. That's not what is important. There's nothing much more important than whatever you use your soul to chase after is what you eventually have in within you. Or that's, the, that's what your soul, that is the God of your soul. But if you use your soul to seek God, you would find him. You shall, you shall, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. So with all thy might, soul, and strength. It means that the only thing that the soul of man is designed for, the design of the soul, is to actually go for God. The soul was not designed for all these things we are using it for. Right? But it doesn't mean that we can't use those things. So for example now, me now, let's say I've decided I'm not going to chase after money anyhow, but I'm still going to live comfortably. So I'm not living simply, working within my means, but somebody that have eyes that has a child of God, it should be, should be the CEO of the company you're working on right now. Why are you not moving? <laughs> you know that's a problem. Then they'll begin to think, and you are, let's say you're in the same position for about two, three years, with the way the world is going. There's something wrong with this person, no? Why are they not moving in their career? No, 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 no. There's something wrong with their mind. There's nothing wrong. The standard is godliness with contentment. Ah, please. Where, where have you seen that if I'm not moving in my career, I am useless? Where have you, where, please, where have you seen it in the scripture? Please explain to me. Okay, tell me how moving my career is going to help me eternally. Please, please, don't. I'm not saying you should not progress in your career. But you understand what I'm trying to say is don't leave all the pressure of advance. Just live by the Spirit. I, I can tell you 100%. There's no way you will follow Holy Ghost, the Spirit. And it will also lead you in area of career. 
there's a, there's a way they do it. Just, they, they, there's a way they, they, they throw electric sparks to your soul. Sometimes you just feel like, ah! It's like I need to change you. And sometimes, the way the Lord has designed it is that naturally, there will be a demand for it. How? Let's say you are a single person. You don't have many, you are, what you are spending money on. And you can be contented. But the moment you get married, you're raising a family, by design, there's a need for more funds. That's a natural need that demanded for it. Which means, naturally, you look for a better position. And as a result, you're looking for a better position. Sometimes you have to upskill. Sometimes you have to maybe learn something else. Why? Because you're just trying to upskill and get something that will be better, uh, better, what's that thing they say? What they pay you? What is, is it what they use for it in, is remuneration or something better? Better remuneration or something like Please help me correct the English. Compensation, yes. Something that will compensate you better, right? And that word, it is, it is compa- and I like that word. Thank God that they didn't say, uh, what's the more word that makes you feel like you have the right to the money? Is um, uh, your, ah, your, your money. Let me use your mouth. If you remember, please tell me. I know Kevin will remember. So, if they are telling you, this is your money, you get, you know, okay, like, like business. When you do business, you, you feel like, ah, I've made money. But thank God that they are telling you it is compensation. Please, do you know what compensation is? <laughs> do, do you know who they compensate? Somebody they've taken something from. You know, in a way, when you hear compensation, it feels good. See, the truth is, compensation is not used in a, in a loving way. What do I mean by that? You know, as a child of God, let's say you are working in love. You give, you don't expect. Right? But this one, they are telling you they are compensating you. What do they compensate you? For your loss! <laughs> so, please... Take this comp- for your loss, please. Let's give you this compensation. <laughs> so, what that means is that <laughs> as you are working, okay, let me not use the word you are losing something. Because <laughs> now people will now say they are not working again. Please go and work. Because oh. now, you know, they, are, they are already attacking us now that we don't want people to work. You know, all those kind of things. But please, let nobody go and take me and quote what I did not say. I'm saying clearly. Work, but understand the priority. <laughs> right? So, I'm just explaining the sense, right, of the, the activity that the soul is engaged in. Honestly, I don't know if I'll be able to hit the message I want to preach you, because this one is throwing me in another direction entirely. Praise the Lord. So, you now realize that the, the, the comp- what they are compensating you for is your time. Meaning that we know that you've lost time. Not just time, effort and energy working here. Let's compensate you. So you now need to start looking, and it's wisdom to now start looking for what can better compensate you with less effort. Because there are, thi- there are things like that. 
Now, why would somebody love that? It's because you want more time for God. Naturally, you think somebody is lazy. No. If I want more time for God, I won't go and lock myself up in a job that demands all my brain, all my soul to be involved eight hours in a day. Not, sorry, not just eight hours. 16 hours. You know some jobs, they don't finish at eight hours. After the eight hours has finished, it, carry, it follows you. Pressure. And if somebody is in such a job, there's, there's wisdom around it. Why? The moment it is clock time. See, they're not paying you for the other time you are stressing your brain. So they've allocated eight hours for your work. Do all you can with that that time. The moment, for me, the moment time has clocked. Not that I'm not responsible. I'm responsible for what I'm doing. But the moment time has reached five, okay, that's it. As I am dropping my laptop, I'm also dropping everything inside, my, inside me. That's anything to do that work. I'm done. The only time I'll pick it up is the next day because they are paying me for the job. So yeah. I don't have a job but to pick it up. So I pick up the thought, start working through things, set some things right. Then I, sometimes I take a break. You know, why? You know, some people that smoke and they have to go out and smoke. <laughs> they take breaks. So my own smoke is break. Now, I'm not teaching you something bad. <laughs> I'm, just telling you, I'm just telling you, you know, please do as your job allows, right? You have to work in wisdom. But the summary I'm saying is that you don't, you don't, you don't use your soul, energy, to chase after things that it wasn't designed for. You can use some of it, right? Use some of it to, to work so that you can be better compensated. And I like it, like I said, compensation, they are paying you. <laughs> so they paid you for what you've lost. Now, make do with it. But everybody, like I was saying, once we started growing, or maybe you start a family, there will be a need to have a better compensation. And to me, if you ask me, as long as the job is not, it doesn't matter any job what you're doing, as long as it does not, it does not take you out of God, and the compensation they are paying you is enough to, because it's just for you to get by with the day, so that you can, don't sleep hungry, right? As long as it's, it is sufficient for you. There's no, there's no, even if you are sweeping and mopping floor, whose business is it? That you are sweeping and mopping floor. Somebody will do it better. You know, there's some shame that has attached to certain things. You know, most of us, when you are sweeping or mopping floor, you don't want people to see you. Or you are a mechanic. You don't want people to know that you're a mechanic. What else do we, what are the jobs that we are ashamed for again? Or maybe you are a constru- eh? construction worker, carpenter, all those things. You know, the moment you hear such a thing, you're like, ah. No, what I want is lawyer, doctor, all those things. See, see that sense. Honestly, it's Satan that gave it. What if you are a carpenter and you are making one billion dollars? Uh-uh. But in a, the moment anybody, especially from African nation, when they come and get, ah, I'm a carpenter, ah. You are a carpenter. You know, they use the same sense where we are coming from. <laughs> or you say, oh, I'm a cleaner. Ah, cleaner. That's not a, that's not a respe- respectable job. But they like the MBA, CCA, PPA, Holele, MAA, PDP, APP, CPCP. <laughs> they like that. Once you have that arrangement in your LinkedIn profile, you are awesome. 
What am I saying? Don't let the word kill you before your time. There is nothing in those things. There is nothing there. What is important is godliness with contentment. Does what you have now enough to sustain you? You are good. And as the Lord allows you, you can increase. That's not naturally, it's just by living. You there will be a need for increase. You just give it to one child, you know. Give it to another one, you know. Ah, okay. Give it to the third one, you know that the Lord needs to be great and plenteous towards us. <laughs> so that one, those are just natural things. But we think we just think that you know all these things, you just use your energy to chase them. You're not even giving it to one, you are already thinking ambition. Making hundred thousand dollars. I mean, there's nothing wrong making it, but just just the ambition in the souls of yeah. a young person working, just making ends meet. They are able to pay their rent, right? Able to feed, maybe once in a while, able to you know work in love towards others. You know, different. But and to, to many people, that is a problem. Why they want to ah, calm down? Calm down. As long as what you have is sufficient for the day. Okay, right? So let me put this. When you are, it means we have to have contentment. Because some things are also problematic. What's a godless with contentment? There's a problem with contentment area. Jesus is Lord. The contentment area, you know, sometimes maybe you just need two milk a day. Some people want ten. Have they used two already? They have, they have enough for the next day. But they want ten for that same day that they only need two problem. You know, I see that when it comes to contentment, they say, no, and you know, you know, uh, it's according to, to people's taste. Ah, calm down. No. Calm down. We know if you have a lot more money, there, there, are, there are a lot of things you'll be able to do, which you may not be able to do if you don't. And then again, there's nothing wrong. Once you're able to have it, do, you can be happy with what you have. Right? But as you are just making use of what you have, sufficient Enough for the day. Don't look for other evils. As long as that, contentment is a great thing. Too, too, contentment is too important. You know, you realize that what has been driving men all this while is all kinds of things. Not contented. Uh, they, they have one car, they want two. They have two cars, they want three. They are renting and they are sufficient, they want to buy a house. They, are, they bought one car, they want to buy two. They bought two, they want to buy three. Why? I want to be landlords. Is, is there anything wrong with having all those things? No. If the Lord brings it your way with grace, you know, do it as. But there are just some things that Satan has put into the souls of men. Just be chasing, be chasing. Calm down. Be contented. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed? Uh, so let me quickly draw myself back to I, the way I enter this contentment is that there is the way. Okay, let me quickly go back. Uh, like I was saying, they've already been attacking us, but we are okay. I'm not saying you should be lazy. Walk, but be contented, right? So where I stopped is, say, thou shalt love. The, the commandment that the Lord gave Israel is, is, is split into two, right? When you check it, both in Exodus and Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy actually made it a lot clearer that that law is actually divided into two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy might, all thy strength, all thy soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. 
See these two things is what we've been learning in Christ. We've been learning and learning. They are teaching you one, but those two things. I say it's these two things, it seems simple, Abby. But they've been teaching us for years. Which means that the Lord needs to bring understanding on those two things. What does it mean to love the Lord? What does it mean to love neighbor? Because and Jesus stood there, what he was telling, he said, one is like unto the other. Right? The main one is like is love the Lord thy God. The one that is like unto it is now love your neighbor. It's still centered on loving God. Why? Because the what that is like unto it is the preparation for the main one. Right? That's why there's a need to love brethren. Ah, honestly, God will help me. Oh. I've entered another, 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 another pot, another pot, pothole. Let me not call it pothole. I've entered another ditch. No, not a ditch. What can I call it? I've entered another realm. Let me use that word. Because this one now, there's a, there's a lot in this love bread. This love brethren thing is another, another thing. Right? It's another thing. I can tell you that the, 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 what you need to worry about in life is two things. Loving God and loving brethren. That's it. Which is more of the reason why nobody, nobody should be alone. And nobody should think alone. When I say thinking, I mean thinking with loneliness. Why? There's, there's an integral part of what the Lord wants to walk in believers is to have a community of believers flowing in love. Or a community of believers knitted together in love. And how you know that believers are knitted together in love is that they are loving one another. And, excuse me, excuse me. How can somebody say they are loving their brethren? But in a week, they didn't see them. They didn't think about. <laughs> they didn't think about them. <laughs> and then, and then we land in meeting. Say hello to your neighbor. Hi, neighbor. I'm sorry. I don't know. Sorry, I'm not attacking you. So. <laughs> oh my God! What am I doing like this? Oh, I'm happy to see you. Oh, I'm going to see your face. Well, wait a minute. Did your thought even slap you during the day or the week? I mean, just maybe you didn't even call. Did you even think eh, about them? You're... See, the, I don't know if I'll be able to teach a lot on this area, but because me, I know that. In, see this one that I landed in. There's a lot of teaching around there for us. But you now realize that there's a reason why the Lord has set it such a way. I think this one is tied to the prophecy in the sense that, see all these brethren that must be knitted together in love, they must all grow into a company that the Lord will now reap. Right? That the Lord would declare to the Father. Right? Because when they are you have, you have a company or the children who the Lord has given Jesus. I am the children who the Lord has given me. Well, the Lord has given me. See those children that the Lord has given unto him, they are 
You say children, we know that the body of Christ is plenty, yes. But check it. All of them, no matter where they are, something they must be tied together in love. Those companies, they must be in what thing that is common amongst those children that the Lord has given to the Christ is that they love one another. That's, that's one thing that is common amongst them. They must, if you, even though one is in Germany, one is in, the moment they, they see each other, they will, there's no, that love will be there. It will be strange. And I can tell you it is true. You know why? You know, for example, I see all of us now, maybe we are here in Canada, some are in the U.S., maybe some are in Nigeria, who listen to the word of righteousness. When I land in the U.S., honestly, all of them, it didn't look as if I didn't know them. Everybody, ah, who passed If maybe I wanted to be shy, say that one would drive away shyness. Where is he coming from? Oh, how are you? I don't know them before. Oh, ah, we've been, ah, we've been, we've been watching on TV. We've been, ah, was good. Me, I was like, ah, okay, ah, for now. I started talking to that TV. I've known them like, like, like for a long time. Huh? And it was not awkward. Oh, how was it? Where are you from? This place. Oh, okay, this. But you know, if you want to be in our shell, Hi, how you doing? Okay, Lord, okay. Ah, brother, oh, fine, fine, yes, and then we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> no release. Because that love that is, that is supposed to bind us together, it's actually in that your spirit is there. Wow. It's there in your spirit. Meaning that everybody has the capacity to love. Amen. 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 So you now, you now see that to love brethren is not just you know, a thought and an idea. There must be, there's what we call community of believers. One thing that I know that the Lord would still a lot, uh, embed us a lot more here is that love community. I know it's growing, but the Lord will establish a lot more. Amen. When, when, why? The reason I'm saying this is that there's no need why anybody should be uh, weary of the other. Yes, you know what that yes, means? Sir. Meaning that in thinking, you, you, won't think, you won't think evil. Let me not use the word evil, because evil is even a strong. You won't think, you, you won't too much think about it when it comes to showing love to your fellow brethren. You won't, you won't, you won't, you won't think too much. It, it will just flow naturally. You wouldn't think they will stress you. You wouldn't think they will kill you. You will just, just flow. Amen. But let me run away. Before I, before I stay too long, but, but I know that this one, I think I've given us a little, you know, when you see your brethren, don't, I have not seen them in a, ah, ah walk in love. Walking in love is giving a call, right? And now, this one, I've said this one now. One brother can now sit and be saying, they should walk in love towards me. Nobody has called me. You carry your phone. <laughs> I can't tell. You also have to walk in love, right? So, and the thing we should also know is that this thing, most of the time, we look, we look at it as if it's the other person that should do it. Yes. But, but the truth is, it is you. That you have to exercise it. It doesn't matter whether your brethren is exercising you. Not realize that when everybody is focused that way, everybody is responding. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me quickly draw myself, quickly, back to what I was saying earlier. Right? So, where I started from is that they say that Please, somebody should help me take note. What I was saying earlier about plenty sight, right? We have many eyes in many things, right? House, car, different, but our eye ought to be single. Please, let me hold on that dot. 
I think that thought is, a key, is key to something, to what I wanted to talk about. But God will help me. I'm, I'm speeding up now. Amen. It says, what advantage, I'll say, what advantage then had the Jews, or what profit is, is there of circumcision, right? Praise the Lord. Uh, but, and, and this thought, right? Praise the Lord. This thought is tied to the previous verse, right? Which is Romans chapter 2, verse 29. Let me read from 29, the last verse. There's a lot that Paul has been saying, but he now made mention of something. He said, but he is a Jew. So he's defining where a Jew is, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Whose praise is of men. Sorry, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So, Paul is defining who is a Jew. He's now saying that the, the understanding of who a Jew is has changed from, from, what, from the natural and has moved into the spirit. And who are the Jews, right? Those are the people of God which the Lord took for himself that separated from the Gentiles, right? So, how do we now represent that in the spirit now? It is simple. Once you are born again, right? The moment you are born again, you have the right to be a Jew in the spirit, right? Because it says, is one who is a Jew inwardly, meaning inside of you, you must be chosen of God. You must be a people of God. And what buy you that right is first, you must be born again. Right? So when you are born again, then you have an inheritance, which is God. You can be considered a Jew in your spirit, but you must also become a Jew in your soul. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. There are some things I want to touch, but no, whenever we touch it, we touch it, but you must be a Jew in your soul. Amen. So Paul now moved together to chapter 3 and now says, what ad advantage then at the Jews? So you've been born again. What advantage do you have? But let's move further. Or what profit is there of circumcision? Right? Because circumcision belonged to the Jews. Right? So being circumcised belongs to the Jews. So which means if you are a Jew, then you can be circumcised. Right? Mean that if you are born again, this thing, so you now know that we have to look at the, the Lord establish the natural first because he wants to give us an example of the spiritual, right? So the Lord, what the Lord, everything that the Lord is doing is not by mistake, it's not by accident, right? I'm going to say this quickly, although it may not be related, but the reason why I'm saying this is because when you're reading the Bible, it makes it a lot more easier to understand. You know that the Bible from beginning to end is just one thought. It's not many thoughts. What the Bible is saying from Genesis to Revelation is, is the same thing. But you know, when we grew up now, you know, we've used things in the Bible to teach many things. Oh, when this happened, you did, we now felt like there are many, 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 many things the Bible is about. But the, as long as you have God, everything about your life is good. Well, wait, see, to understand the Bible, you have to understand this thing. That every, there's an eye you need to see the Bible with. Everything you are reading is about the destiny of man. That's it. So when Moses rescued Israel, it's about destiny of man. It's not just about, you know, raising prayer point. Oh, every pharaoh in my life. Every pharaoh that I said will not let me go. Judgment upon you. 
You know, it's part of what we learned out of Bible. One of the things we can use Bible for. You can fight against spirit, evil spirit. But really, it's actually about the journey of your soul. How it's going to enter into God. So, so when you see from Genesis to Matthew, you don't know, realize that it's always about being Israel. First, it has been about Adam, but it went to Israel, Abraham, right? And then their journey out of Egypt, their journey into the promised land, right? And different things that was not happening to them around the promised land. All those things, the prophecy, those are the prophets. They were given. It's about the same thing. Then when you now move into Matthew, James, and then the Gospels, and then the, the epistles, you are seeing that it's just a continuation because Jesus came sent to continue the journey, no longer in the natural as we have seen it, but now in the spirit. Right? So this whole thing, you being born again, loving God, chasing after God, it's just about one thing, how you are going to journey into God. Praise the Lord. So we now see here that Paul now began to talk about circumcision, which is of the spirit. So what then is the advantage, right, does you have? What, what advantage then had the Jews? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Because there's a, prom- there's a profit to being circumcised, right? So much every way. So much every way. Meaning that there's an advantage in all sides. Say so chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Meaning that to the Jew, they have the oracles of God. But you now realize that Christians today now have the oracles. The oracle is not with them anymore. But you realize that the Lord committed the oracles of God to them. Right? The oracles of God. And what does it mean to, what is the oracles of God? Right? I'm just going to simply quickly mention it, right? The oracles of God means the speakings of God, the commandments, the words. An oracle. What do, what do, what do you, what, why do you consult an oracle? The reason why you consult an oracle is so that it will speak. So, see, all these Babalawa and all these things that we now learn these days, you know that they stole it from God. How? Check Moses. What was he doing? See, when he moves, he consults oracle. Who is God? Then he comes tells the people, this is what the Lord has said, do it. Is that different from what we do when we go to church Babalawa and all those things? How? What is the oracle saying? He said that if you bring this sacrifice here and there and there, everything will be fine. They'll go and buy all the chicken and the lizard head and lizard tail and cockroach ear and all those things. And they'll bring it and they offer it and something will happen. Evil spirits are copying God. That's just it. They're just copying. The oracle, the actual oracle, there's only one oracle is God. And the only oracle is the oracles of God. Every other oracle that's been consulted is a, is a lie. So that's why you have divinals and all those things. But let me move further. Kai, it's like the more I speak, the more the time wrong. So, you now have, unto them were committed the oracles of God. But you now realize that in Hebrews chapter 4, we understand that, say, that we, are now, we now know that there's what we call the, there's another, there's oracle. In Hebrews chapter 4, that it is for the, the Jews, sorry, in the spirit, right? They have, we have the principles of the oracles of God, then we have the oracle of God, right? I don't know if I can quickly, just quickly read it, Hebrews 4, uh, 
So it doesn't look like, you know, this thing I'm saying is Bible. Right? So Hebrews chapter 4, verse uh, verse 15. Mm. First principles of the oracles of God, right? Uh, is it Hebrews 4? Sorry. Hebrews 5. So I was, it is 5, not 4. Because 6 talks about the principles of the doctrines of Christ, right? So Hebrews 5, verse 12, says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. So Paul was talking to the Hebrew church, right, who were about to inherit God, and they were about to start drawing back. Later, I said that, ah, when you ought to be teachers, meaning that these ones have grown, you have need that one should now teach you again. Ah, this is foolishness. How can you that you are almost in the most holy? You're not drawing back to learn principles. When you ought to be teachers, because there's supposed to be teaching priests who teach the law. You have need that one teach you again the principles of the oracles. So you have the actual oracle, right, which is Christ. Oracles of Christ, you have oracles of God. The oracles of God is two, Christ and God. Right? Then you have the principles of the oracles. Right? But that's just that quickly. I'm moving forward. Right? If you have questions, you can ask me later. But you see, this, you now see this, the Jews were committed the oracles that we were saying here in chapter 3. But Hebrews is telling us that then Jews in the spirit now have the oracles of God. So th that means there's an advantage. What then is the advantage? So for you to be a believer, you have an advantage, meaning that you have access. To oracles. You may not know it yet. And part of it is that they have to make you oraculous. As you are growing in the spirit, one thing is clear. You will be made oraculous. What does that mean? It means that oracle can start speaking through you. You know all these things that you see, tongue interpretation, is actually is a demonstration of oracle. It's oraculous. Utterance is oracle. When words, it's that's, those are activities of oracles. And they can, they, like I said, they can make you oraculous. Most of us here are already. Almost all. And, and me, I know everybody will be baptized into it. It just requires a heart. Open. It just requires eyes being open and a willingness. One, don't be too cerebral about the things of God. Lose yourself. Don't be too, too head-centered. Don't be, don't be, don't, it's... Have to flow. I know once in a while, when maybe I'm around Rebbe and we are talking, Rebbe will just ask, Look at me, show flow. Meaning that, is it flowing? You have to be flowing. Just flow in the spirit. It sounds foolish. You, sometimes you might talk nonsense, it's okay. We, are, we work in love. And you don't have to feel bad. Let me not say that. Let me, let me not say that you talk nonsense. Let me not call it nonsense. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me, you know, I'm still growing. So you might say something that you don't feel maybe is awesome, but it's okay, right? Why am I saying that? I'm not, I'm not encouraging us to be disorderly, right? I'm saying that be free from within your spirit and be sincere. If you are sincere, even if you feel it may not be right, you don't know what the Lord is using it for. As long as you are just sincere, it's not about showing, it's not flesh, you know? Want to show that me to oracle. Let it just flow from you. 
honestly, I, I won't lie to you. I have not touched the teacher I was going to teach. Kai, what time has gone? Because you know this time, the time I usually start rounding up. So that I can leave early. Well, please forgive me. We might get to 12 today. We'll just quickly pack up and go. Sorry, we might get to 2. We may not. I don't even know. Well, I see. I don't know. Maybe God will do a quick work, but honestly, I won't lie. The quick work is just taught to just say it because I don't think I can teach everything in 30 minutes. Hi, Kai. He's Tinsha. Okay. We'll follow the Lord. We have to follow. Are we blessed, actually? Are we blessed already? So we now see here that there's an advantage to being a Jew. One, like I said, chiefly because unto them mean that out of all these things, what's the most important of, the, of being a Jew in the spirit? You know what I say, being a Jew, we might be like, oh, a Jew, Jew, Jew. Okay, I want to say so that we understand. Oh, what advantage have you been born again? Say, because that unto you, right, that you are born again, were committed the oracles of God. Meaning that you are not born again to have kind of those things. What you are born for, born again for, is to begin to handle oracle. You must be around oracle. You must be hearing oracle. Anybody, what separates a Jew from a Gentile is that the Jew have the oracles of God. You must have the oracle. If not oracle, and what do you start? You start from the principles of the oracles. And principle is what we first learn. Okay, why you should go to church? Why should, sometimes, okay, uh, why do you sing praises to God? Well, we know that if you sing praises to God, the Lord comes down. It's more than that, but that one is okay to start with. Oh, the Lord inhabited the praises of his people. When you pray, the Lord will inhabit and then he will fight for all your enemies. You know, there was a time I was, I was struggling at work, and one day I was just in my living room, and all of a sudden I just heard one song, and I just began to sing to the Lord. I was praising to the Lord, and I just felt in my spirit that something happened. When I walk, went to work the next day, all of a sudden, everything has been answered. You now see, what the Lord used was my praises. And the Lord fought for me. Is it true? Yes. But that's a principle. Meaning that, that's just a skeleton. There's meat the Lord wants to add to that. Does that mean that that understanding is futile? No. But you must have an understanding that this is just principle. Now, I'm talking to every soul that is principled right now. For them to have a sense of why principle. Know that there's more to the principle. But the principle is okay. But there's more, to, there's more that God wants to tell you about that principle. Just like we know about the principle of baptism. No, physically they'll carry somebody, put them inside water. But you do know that there is the meat of that. The meat of it is that you can be baptized. Or let me put it this way. There's baptism that ought to be ongoing in your life. It doesn't end. Why? Because he was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That thing, they are spiritual baptisms. It doesn't just happen like that. Many Christians don't know this. And you have Christians on the altar leading praise and worship, going usher, what else, preaching. They have no clue what it means to move into meat. But would the Lord accept what they have? Yes. And, and I'm not condemning that, please. I'm not condemning that. I'm not condemning that at all. If what you have is, is that, awesome. But there's one thing you should not forget. To pursue 
Use all your soul. Know that there's more. Principle doesn't give you much. It just gives you basic. But if you want to know God, there is what you have to learn. It is the meat of the milk. Or is the meat of the bone. Amen. But let me go further. So it says, because unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Right? Because the faith of God is, is standard. Their unbelief make the faith of God without effect. This faith of God, I'm not going to talk, talk too much about it. Because I want to quickly speed. But we know that that's what we call the faith of God. Right? The faith of God can be given. Men can come into the faith of God, right? The faith of God is different from mountain-moving faith. You, you know, we know, have the God kind of faith. Oh, speak to this man to move. That's not God. That is, well, it's God kind of faith, but that's not, the, that's not the faith of God, right? But there's more about the faith of God. But let me go further. So God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying and my chest overcome when thou art judged. So, but if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, so how can our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God? Right? Is God unrighteous? No, 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 no. God is righteous. We are the unrighteous one. Right? But our unrighteousness can't commend God's righteousness. Let me go further. It says, unrighteous, who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. So he said, this is him. This is his own thought. You know, sometimes when these people are writing, you say, I speak as a man, you'll be wondering, what does this mean? Know that everyone writes by inspiration as men of old, as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. But he said, this I speak as a man does not mean that that sense is totally useless. He's talking about the wisdom that the Lord has endowed him with. But he's saying that, see, this statement was not fully by inspiration, but to me, I still think it's still somehow by inspiration. But he's just saying that, see, I quickly leave the thought I'm just making an argument. Take it, but I'll quickly go back to the thought that the Holy Ghost is writing in me with. It says, God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil, that good may come. I'm not going to talk to you about See this thing, this sense. I know some souls that have this sense. Let us do evil, that good may come. And they believe it so much that they believe that this evil that they are doing is good. They don't respect, they don't respect righteousness, they don't respect boundary, they don't respect ministry boundary. They just do it and then they will lie. And then they say, we are saving many. Therefore, it is good. It's all lies, but sorry, I just had to. <laughs> As I read that, I just remembered some things. But let me go, it says, who's dam- say, say, whose damnation is just? Meaning that all they are doing is damnation. But to them it's just. But let's go further. He said, what then? Are we better than they? No. In no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. I think this is the point I'm making and then we'll see later. Right? It says both Jews and Gentiles, they were all under sin. Right? Meaning that before we were born again and after we were born again, we, both newborn and those that are not born were all under sin until, until those that are born again are born again. Right? 
but it doesn't remove the fact that they are still under sin. Their spirit is not under sin, but there is a walking in their soul that can still be under sin. In case somebody wants to argue this, what do you mean? Sorry, don't argue with me, don't fight me. Okay, do you somehow lie once in a while? Or do you do things you know is unrighteous? Within you know, you know is unrighteous. If you do, why do you think that is? Or what is the answer? Should be your, 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 your the righteousness of God. Why are you not righteous? The that, that is born of God is righteous. Right? So why are you not righteous? Uh, just an argument. Let me quickly move forward. It says, both there are just, just there are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. <laughs> so Jews and Gentiles that are all under sin. And then this is the statement. There is none righteous. Right? No, not one. There is none that standeth, sorry, that seeketh after God. Ah! It's like, it's like the anointing is going down small, small. I'm about to end. But I've not even touched the teaching that I wanted to teach. Maybe this is just what the Lord wants us to have today. It says, there is none righteous, no not one. It says, there is none that understandeth. You see? Oh, this is my key. Okay, okay. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. There is none that seeketh after God. So they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongue. They have used deceit. It's full of crushing and bitterness. Their feet is sweet to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God because they are of, because b- before their eyes. Now we know that what is soever the Lord said, he said to them who are under the law. And that, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. But let me just quickly go back to that verse 10, and then I will start rounding up from there. Uh, and perhaps connect my thought. How did I even land in this in this Romans 3, I was talking about no one seek after God. Okay, yeah, we must pursue God with our soul, eh, eh, right? But I remember that thought. But see, that's chapter 10. As it reads, there's none righteous, no, not one. Meaning that everybody that feels that they are good, no, most people feel that they are good. Especially when Christians get born again, the good that they used to do before. That even before they, are, before they were born again, they were doing it. When they are not born again, they feel like it is, it is more, it is more just because they are born again. Not really. What I want to bring out of here is the sense of there is none righteous, no, not one. That statement: there is none righteous, no, not one. A newborn believer that is just born again can't be righteous. Am I making, am I lying? Does that, does, that, does that defeat our theology? It's impossible for them to be righteous because they don't know what righteousness is. So when they say, there is none righteous, no, not one. Both Jews and Gentiles, they were all on the scene. Right? But a Jew is born again. They are committing something to him, the oracles, for a purpose. To make him righteous. When, an or- when a Jew receives an oracle, the oracle ought to make them righteous. 
Because out of the oracle will proceed out of the law. That's what the oracle will give, laws. So when an oracle speaks, it's a law. And we know that law is for to make righteous. But I won't talk too much about that because I just want to set on this. There is no, not one that is righteous. This is not, like, that's why I asked earlier, do we believe Bible? It says there is none righteous, no, not one. Meaning that sum up all your good that you have been doing before you got born again. Sum up whatever good you even think you have inside of you. <laughs> sorry, sorry I'm saying this. Ah, you know when we say things like this, souls can start feeling, eh, I'm doomed, sorry. I'm not trying to make you feel like you are doomed. I'm just trying to explain a sense. Right? Even, even if you are, you are born again, you feel you are doing One thing is sure, you are born again, if you die now, you still enter somewhere. It's not going to be hell, for sure. So at least you have consolation in that. But I'm saying that <laughs> it's, much, it's much more, right? What I'm trying to say is just more to give us a sense of how we can actually inherit God. So when I say there's no not righteous, why? Because the first insight into righteousness is the first insight into God. Nobody knows God except you have tasted of righteousness. Righteousness is the first introduction of God to a soul. Not being born again, not receiving the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're receiving the Holy Ghost, you feel like, ah, I have God inside of me. Truth is, you have not yet known God. You have His Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Even that same Holy Ghost, we don't even know Him fully. I know when I was growing up, the Holy Ghost, me, I know. Is the Holy Ghost that I can talk to. I need my car. I need my house. Okay, okay, maybe we'll pray to God for that. But when I talk about Holy Spirit, is when I, I, feel I do something, ah, Holy Spirit, reprove me. Oh. What else do I know? Ah, when I'm, maybe when we're in worship and I start feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit, oh, I just feel the presence of, who oh, is the Spirit of God? Oh, wow, whoosh. Right? And that's it. <laughs> I still have not known righteousness. In short, most of the wisdom I was using with that is doctrines that are outside the doctrines of God. I, I can tell you, even at that time, I have doctrines of demons that I have as an understanding. What does that mean? You know the sense of if you eat in your dream, there's a sense of Want to pray for a job? Yeah, let's pray. Father, Lord Jesus, we are praying for a job. Lord, let that. And then all of a sudden, something will just appear. Oh, you get a job tomorrow. The job is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And if it happens, I'll believe. Ah, those, are, those, are, those are my experience of God. But do you know that? That's not doctrine. That's not doctrine of God. Which is why it's very important that you start actually learning doctrine. You, you see this thing I thought, I just mentioned now. We think it's even milk. Well, that's not even milk. That's not even milk. Milk has milk has stature, if I would use that word. It has it. It's not everything that is milk. Just because, you know, sometimes because we know that this thing is not meat, right? We think automatically it's milk. It's not true. Many things are not milk. Just because it is not meat does not mean it is automatically it is milk. No. 
Because a lot of milk has been mixed, like Papa Hige will say, Blue John. That's what they used to give kids then. It's called Blue John, meaning that they remove all the nutrients. It's cheaper. Because many people can't afford the actual milk, so they get Blue John. So they, I think the brand is Blue John. So they were selling the milk. So when you get Blue John, what happens is you drink milk. You feel like you are drinking milk, but you are not drinking milk. Because the nutrient that's supposed to be in milk is not there. Imagine if you have something that looks like milk. Okay, what, what do you call milk? Is it the white-colored liquid? No. There are many white-colored liquid. Right? So what you call milk really is the nutrient in milk. So those nutrients, they are distinct. Like you have distinct nutrients in fruit. So for example, protein. Calcium, uh, magnesium, um, carbohydrates, what else? Vitamins. You see, they are distinct. Any food that does not have carbohydrates, will you consider it a carbohydrate-giving uh, food? Can you? Okay, well, we have rice. But what makes rice rice is the nutrient inside of it. Of course, we like the way it looks and all those things. But I'm trying to say that what is important in every food is not the, the shape you see in front of you. What's important in every food is the nutrient inside. If you are missing the right nutrient and you are eating the food, it will be doing something else to the body. Imagine somebody is supposed to be eating carbohydrate, protein, and everything, balanced diet, and all of a sudden you are only eating uh, carbohydrate. They will have kashioko. Abdi? If all they are eating is protein, what, what's, the, what's the problem of eating just protein? I don't know. But I know Kashiko is... What's, what's the problem after eating just protein? Is there a problem? There must, be one, there must be a problem because you have to have a balanced diet. Is it keto... keto ketogenic state? And I know most of us are using that ketosis now to do lose weight. But, but what, what ketosis does is it, it triggers your body to start breaking down part of your body for nutrient. Why? Because the body needs all of it. When you're not giving it just protein, although protein will build your muscle, but the body stores fat. But inside that fat are nutrients needed to get the body to grow. So the body will start breaking down fat for the nutrient it needs. So when you're talking about fat, now I'm, it may be scientific proof to you, but the way me I'm seeing it, so if, if it's if it telling science, awesome. If not, glory to Jesus. The way I'm seeing it is that the, that fat is actually, when the body have excess food with nutrient, it now convert all of that nutrient, store it as fat. Meaning that fat is not just carbohydrate. It's actually carbohydrate, protein, and everything you need. So the moment you now stop giving it carbohydrate, it can find carbohydrate in fat. It will start breaking it down. So we are now using it to advantage in these days. That's why we do keto diets, everybody to lose weight. It's actually, you are, just, you are using the body to your advantage. That's what that is. But it's not supposed to be a good thing in the functional aspect of the body. So you, you get it. So... Milk, just because something is milk, doesn't mean, sorry, something is not meat, doesn't mean it is automatically milk. 
There are many things we learn in Mick that we, we need to erase in our sense. After a while, after understanding that just because you know, some of us, we have feelings attached to certain things. Maybe I'm thinking about or let's say we are praying and, and all of a sudden, oh, prophecy. That job is coming tomorrow. See the house? It was so sure. I can say that that's how God is, and you know. But I realize the way to calm down. Believe prophecy, but prophecy is has to do with what. You know, most of us will go and get prophecy, as if by getting it, things will happen. No. The thing about prophecy sometimes it's fluid. So when somebody prophesies now, it has to be. We have to wait for God to perform it, and that's also the way the Lord uh, has set things to be. He didn't say when they prophesy, go and activate it and be doing it. They say when somebody prophesy, say if that thing, the question is if that thing come to pass, then you will know that it is spoken by the mouth of the Lord. If that thing did not come to pass, then you would have known that the man has spoken out of himself. I think that's, that's, that's what God was telling Israel in Deuteronomy when he was trying to tell them how to, to discern between diviners, liars, and prophecy from God, and prophecy from men. That's, what God, that's the song that God gave them. And why am I saying that? Because if God gave you a prophecy, he will do it. Why? Because prophecy is what is in the mind of God, not what is for you to go and do. So if God says, I will do this, you don't have to go and do anything to go and do it. Apart from your own normal growth focus, there's nothing else you should go apart from what you should do in growing. I hope I'm balanced. I think I'm balanced. If I'm more balanced, remind me so I can balance it. But I think, I think, I think there's a balance in your way. Right? Because I know this area is where a lot of questions are used and there are different, different sides. Of just, so if you have a question, you can ask me. But it's just a, a quick one. But ah, time has gone. I didn't land there. As well, but I think I'll, I'll reach. So it's now here. It says, There is none that righteous. I've explained that. And I said, The first taste of God is the introduction of righteousness to a new believer. Right? And the reason why I'm saying that nobody can know righteousness is because the righteousness of God is revealed. Right? Because you might be wondering, So, why should I? Because I was, okay, let me put it this way. The thought inside of me is, there are many people that believe they are doing t- good things. And you now see people that they are not yielding to doctrine. They are not yielding to, uh, uh, when I say doctrine, they are not yielding to, to learn doctrine. The truth of the matter is that there is nothing. See, nothing, nothing. Get everything you want. There is nothing that can save a man or get you to inherit God without doctrine. Nothing. God has given doctrine as what will bring you to him or give himself because doctrines are teachings and teaching wants to give understanding. And then later you realize here they said something. He says, there's no righteous, no not one. There's no that understand that. And it is true. There's none that understand it. Amen. What I want to say or teach is actually titled, there's none that understand it. I wanted to start talking about understanding, but I was—I think I was only able to. 
But I feel sad. You know why? Because most of the time you don't know <laughs> you don't know how the next meeting is going to be. But but one thing is clear. I, I feel in a way maybe the Lord just knows our soul. He knows what that this we've heard today. We need to hear it. And one thing I feel is this this teaching is more of like an impartation. You know why? Because it's giving understanding into 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 why a believer would know that see I'm not righteous until God reveals righteousness to me. Or it's, 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 a, it's a frame to, to the building block that Lord wants, needs to put in every soul. If a soul learns a lot of things and does not know this, you won't grow well spiritually. You will still feel, you, are, you can still be doing all the things. You still feel there are many things to learn about the Bible. And you can't discern what to, what to yeah. give your soul to go and chase after. Right? When he said that there is none that there's none that is righteous, no that one. He said, none. Right? That seeketh after God. None that seeketh after God. And I was explaining earlier that to seek after God is actually the main thing that your soul is designed for. Why? Because what soul begins to seek. You will have access into righteousness. Right? If you have access into righteousness, then you can start loving God. Or understand what it means to love brethren. Those two laws. Love your neighbor. Right? And then love God with all your might. Then the one is like the other is like unto it. Love your neighbor. Right? Nobody. See, I don't care. I don't know where I'm talking. <laughs> that's something making me talk this way. I have to say, I don't care what I've been doing. Eh? As long as righteousness is not revealed, as long as righteousness is not revealed, all this, all the things you are doing, eh? it it doesn't it do, it doesn't it doesn't give you inheritance. Okay, I'm not I'm not. Downplaying all you have been doing. Maybe you are, maybe got born again, you've been serving inside church. Those ones are okay. They are okay. You are in the right path. Right? Don't feel bad about all the good things you are doing, but I'm just telling you one you have a sense. All the good you have been doing, I just have a question for you. Please, with what mind and with what understanding have you been doing it? Just a simple question. Now just now imagine an unbeliever or someone that just got born again today. Please. Help, help me answer this question. What sense do they have? Do you think they have the sense that the scripture is talking about? Why? Because somebody has been walking over the senses of men. Everybody, why did all of us that's from Africa believe about, that if you eat in your dream, something will happen to you? Now it looks foolish, Abby. But you were believing it with all your might before. That's to tell you, I want to show us something. It's a sense. Everybody that is believing that they have a sense and they don't know that that sense there's something wrong with it. It's a sense. It's a sense. So somebody that is like that, they don't know that this one is true. That uh, you know, all those things are just doctors of demons. It's not, it's not something to put your. See, there's something about their sense. That's, the, that's, the, that's what I want to zoom into to show us. That nobody can just out of their goodness of heart think about the righteousness of God. Why? Because it is impossible to do so 
unless you are elevated to have access into the righteousness. It's not possible. So every believer hearing me today should understand this as a fact. And if somebody feels like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know righteousness. See, you can know it. Just because you've not been learning it in the past 20 years doesn't mean you can't learn it now. You can learn it. It's actually your inheritance. Why? It says, for because, chiefly, because it is what? Unto them where they were committed the oracles. What I'm saying is that every believer, you have a commitment of the oracle. You have a commitment of the oracle to give you righteousness. So every believer can come into righteousness. Can come into righteousness. You know, most of us maybe have been trying, okay, can I understand righteousness? Just this is the simple explanation they are giving us. This, if we take this and understand it well, it will sit and set us up in a way. Set us upright in our soul to give us an understanding. And it's not to condemn souls. It's to give us a sight that no one is righteous. No, not one. But they're not telling us that something is key to, un- to righteousness. It is understanding. No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands it. Because understanding is not a cheap commodity. Just because you read the Bible yesterday and then all of a sudden you got a revelation about how the witch's coven can be killed, doesn't mean that you understand. Why? Because there are many things you can understand inside scripture <laughs> that is not the true righteousness that God wants to give you. True understanding. Why? How many, how many mysteries have people been teaching today? From Bible. Same, the same Bible. You know, you can carry out all kinds of mystery from the same Bible. In short, some people even carry Bible to, to, to create a religion that you and I know that that religion, something is off here. But there's something that this Bible is intended to reveal. This Bible, and it's not, and it's not too many things about it. It is not my message. It is not the case message. It is not one of Rajasthan's message. It is not the GFM's message. It is the message of Jesus. Jesus also have many, many, many different, different parts. Well, let me say many, many different teachings to reveal Him. He's telling you that what can reveal Him is righteousness. It says, I'll quickly just quote Romans one. We will read it maybe some other time. I don't know if it is Tuesday or Saturday. We'll continue this, but I feel we'll continue this thing. What I know that the Lord wants to do, the Lord wants to open our eyes. Amen. The Lord wants to give you eyes. And that eye is tied to understanding. But the Lord will help us. Amen. I'm rounding up. But I want us to understand that Christianity is not many, many things. It's one, it's one thought. If somebody can align themselves, okay, I chose to align myself to submit under God and start growing. Focus on my spiritual growth. If somebody can do that, right, you realize that they'll begin to soar spiritually. I want to align myself, just give myself to seek after God. And then it would honestly, it will help most of our troubles. You know most of our troubles, maybe we have this problem today. Oh Lord, what's my problem with my career? Just calm down. What's the answer? Look into your soul. What's the Lord doing with you? That's it. The Lord just used all things to work together for good to them that love him. It doesn't mean that the Lord himself set all the things. Some he set, some he allows. But one thing we know that all things work together for good. Whatever evil Satan is trying, 
Even the, maybe somebody is saying, oh, you are. Satan is working over time over your life. Oh, just check within you. Am I growing? Then all things are working together for my good. Am I aligned in the spirit to grow up spiritually, to learn after I, to learn doctrine? Then all things are working together for my good. Are we blessed this morning? Let's just begin to bless the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Mahali Aravashta Kamakariasa. Ebrada Kamakariadama. Embrozata Kandim. Let's pray this morning. Let's pray for help for understanding. I think if there's anything we need to pray for, is for to come into a, a blessing of revealed righteousness. Can I begin to pray that heaven will bless us? With revelations of his righteousness. That heaven will make us righteous. Wherever we are still lacking in obeying righteousness. That the Lord will begin to bring answer. Let's just begin to pray. Let's pray. That heaven will begin to bring ministry of understanding. I know that's where we are going. We've not talked too much about it, but I feel the Lord wants us to understand. Because even this thing we need to understand better. Can we pray for understanding? Can we pray for to come under showers of revelation of righteousness? Ebrakari kazoto vede moshita kalita bazete. Ebrazata vade moshita kata. Emprozata valima. Ebraze kaliva. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how you've led us and how you've helped us even to preach your word today. How your word have come to us. Father, we say be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, for each and every heart. Oh Lord, that is seeking after righteousness, that is seeking after you, Lord, that you will bless each soul with the revelations of your righteousness in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will bless us with understanding, to understand your life fully in the name of Jesus. Father, we want to walk in the blessing of your righteousnesses. We want to have your righteousness. He says, there's no one that is righteous, no, not one. No one understands it. No one seeketh after God. Father, we ask for the grace to seek after you the way we ought in the name of Jesus. Wherever the energy of our soul is weak, we ask for strength, to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, to go after you the way we ought in the name of Jesus. Help us to switch, to exchange our energies for yours in the name of Jesus. We know that there's a need to, to make an exchange for your righteousness. We ask, Father, that the grace to give an exchange, meaning to exchange what we sow our servant to concerning you. Father, you will give us strength to make those exchanges in the name of Jesus. Father, whatever you are making demand for upward sowing, upward movement in our soul, Father, we ask that you give us grace to respond in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us in within, in our might, in our, in, in our inner man by your might in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.
You dwell between the cherubim, shine.